Hello, this is Lawrence Lewis. And this is Sister Christian. Today is Saturday, April 4th, 2020. This is the Producers Happy Hour. Two producers on opposite coasts reaching out to our filmmaking and live event community to hear your stories about how this pandemic has affected you, your life, and your work. Your stories let us know we're not alone. It's important for us to keep sharing our experiences and ideas. It helps. I know this now because we got a very important voice memo today that they help us. And yeah. um, it sounds like they're helping you guys too. So please, we need to hear your stories. Yes, you can either email them to us or better yet, record a one to two minute voice memo and send it to producershappyhour at gmail.com. Just follow the instructions on our website at producershappyhour.com. And please share this show with friends and colleagues. The more people we reach, uh, the more people we can share with and the more perspectives we get. And it just makes our entire community feel close. Yes. More connection is better at this time. Today, we are speaking with Liz Catullo. Liz is HOP at Roger in LA and is also founder of Lipstick Connection, where the goal is to connect seniors socially to reduce the feelings of isolation that often accompany the aging process. And I thought it would be interesting to speak to her because she's part of our world mm-hmm. as head of production somewhere, but she's also using yeah. those skills for the last six years to do like a nonprofit yeah. service for yes. um, seniors. That's excellent and uh, very noble of her. So I'm excited to talk to her about it. Yeah, I think um, she's got some good ideas for us on, you know, if we're feeling as though we're not doing or if we're feeling as though we'd like to help. She has some great ideas for us. That's great. All right, Christian, Uh, you were already a little teary eyed before we started. How are you feeling today? Um, I'm I'm I slept. That's good. Yes. So that feels good. Sleep um, is good. So, you know, I've been talking about these masks and our essential workers. And now um, now uh, the guideline is to wear masks when we leave the house because yep. we could be one of those asymptomatic people who don't mm-hmm. have, you know, uh, we could be, <laughs> we now be passing the virus via breathing. Carriers. Yes. Breathing or Just um, breathing or talking. Yeah. Or smoking. Or uh, when you're running, I've, I've heard yeah. so many scenarios. So you're running in the park, give somebody a wide berth because I've seen those wide memes birth, from yeah. LA. It's like, can somebody teach LA runners to fucking <laughs> what like, social distancing is? What six feet looks like? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just, two, two ran by me yesterday on the sidewalk, you know, like a half a foot next to me. Right. And, and it's, like, what the hell? I mean, you're sweating, you're, you're mm-hmm. exhaling a lot. It's just, come on. It's the exhale. People. I know because uh, one of my one of my exes was a marathon runner. And so they spit a lot. I mean, there's just is gross <laughs> <laughs> just in general, like the, the amount well, of, you know, fluids in normal <laughs> in normal times, you know, do what you want. But uh, a little right. more consideration, I think, is required. I was listening to. So there was the podcast here in my little neck of the woods called Los Feliz, the podcast. Oh, nice. It was a podcast just about our little neighborhood, yeah. which is which is tiny. Right. I haven't listened to it in a while. It kind of went off track for a little while there, but they came back on yesterday to do a video podcast. Oh, wow. And they were talking about right of way for pedestrians on sidewalks, Uh which is really interesting. And so they're there. And I like to spread this concept because it makes sense. The harder it seems for the person coming at you, whoever has more stuff, a stroller, a dog, uh, a baby, two babies, four babies, you know, Whoever's more stuff, they have the right of way. If it's just you walking down, you move out of their way. Exactly. If it's if it's a if it's an elderly person with a bag of groceries, you move out of the way. Right. We got to kind of come back to this kind of common courtesy thing I rather do. than just it's barreling like, down the sidewalk. Right. Because I, I, I mean, the way I was Southern. So the way I was raised was always too. if you see somebody walking up to a door open the door if they're carrying something. Yeah. And I yeah, feel yeah. like that art is law has been lost has for been a while. Lost. And yeah. so that's a that's a great we should we should give a link to that because that's a great little reminder. I mean when I was out and I ran to FedEx the other day, I would smile um through my mask, you know, I would smile with my yeah, eyes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, look at somebody and and deliberately 
walk a wide berth around them. So I was trying uh-huh. to be reassuring, but also like, hey, listen, I'm doing this. I don't see the cues from you doing it. <laughs> yeah, so I'll do so it. So I'm going to do it in an exaggerated way, but still be friendly about it. <laughs> and I think that, you know, leading by example is all we can do when it comes to that. Yeah. Kind of went off on a tangent there. I was asking how you are doing and you you slept. That's good. So are you I mean, feeling okay? We both feel very strongly about um, giving people a wide berth. But yes, so yeah, I posted about the masks yesterday and I received several side DMs and texts about people I knew and people I didn't know who have relatives or friends that they know who happen to be in an essential worker and they need masks. Mm-hmm. And it's no joke because one of the stories was that um, the woman knew somebody who works at NYU and NYU seems to be fine, but they're a private hospital. But then she knows somebody who's at a public hospital who is not. Right. They're out of stuff. Yeah. And it just, the the need is overwhelming. So, yeah. So I stayed up last night until around 2.30 and cut a bunch of masks and I'm going to sew them together after this. So I'm feeling um, pretty purposeful this morning. I also slept, which is great. And I'm also having a Coors Light, which is just starting my day off nice. Excellent. (laughs) Excellent. I myself am not having a drink. Uh, I'm on water today. (laughs) It's still a little, it's still still the wee hours there in LA. Mm -hmm. So I could see that uh, water. Well, Coors Light's kind of like water, Lauren. It is. That's Mm -hmm. true. Um, How are you doing? I'm okay. I think... um, I don't know. I'm just down. Yeah. Just kind of overall down. I think the this this shit show of, of press conferences and... Daily now. Daily. I'm not talking about the governors. I'm, you know, talking about the, the higher-ups and what a... Oh. <laughs> what a clown card is. It just, it's just so disheartening. And, and, oh, I remember what I wanted to tell you or tell the listeners. I have a tip for your own mental sanity. If you are watching any of these press conferences from any state or the White House on YouTube, turn off the comments. Don't read those damn comments. <laughs> Did you go down a spiral? Oh, hole of, my God. <laughs> I just I know I turned it off. I don't respond. It, it was just like some, somebody was complaining this morning about Cuomo. It's like you spend all your time on TV when you could be helping <gasps> the state. We just got to get it's, the word out. Like, how like, many that, people that do you think works helping. under him? Oh, I know. Yeah, so you go that down that. Yeah, is helping. Mm-hmm. He has to communicate. He's the face of it. That's his job. So. Yeah. F you to all you crazy people out there on your crazy comments. So, yeah, turn it off. When you're in a live screen you, yeah. and those comments are live, you can swipe to the right or something and they go away. Oh, so I that, think that's a fabulous idea. Yeah. It, it improved my mental sanity this morning. So that's good. <laughs> Well, Lawrence, I um, have uh, been able to think harder even about the subscription challenge. Oh, really? <laughs> I haven't done anything. But that's, I've been... more than I, that's more than I've done. <laughs> I mean, I know tomorrow's our day off. I had a long chat with my um, loving partner last night about the realities of what three months from now might feel like. Oh, we felt it was spontaneous. It wasn't a planned discussion, but we felt mm-hmm. like, hey, what if this is and the reality of paying rent and how long, you know, in theory, should we want to stay where we are versus figuring out a longer term plan than three months? So subscription challenge is absolutely going to tie it's right into part that. Of that. Exactly. Yeah, sure. Tightening the belt, everybody. Tightening the belt. Yeah. Well, I applied for my EDD here in <gasps> oh, California. Okay. Yes. I haven't heard anything back. It was done all online. Okay. Yeah, that's all I know. It was submitted. I hope I did it right. Because <laughs> I'm in this weird situation of... Can't call, I, can't I, know. <laughs> I, well, I and I own the company that I was laid off from. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. Um, and, and which is legal, not doing anything tricky. Self-employed people are allowed to file. So right. I, yeah, we'll see what happens. I hope I answer all the questions right. I'll keep you posted. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm, I'm excited because I haven't done that. I haven't done anything like that yet. I haven't looked at it. I know that I should, but I mean, yeah. I understand that I still have time because I do know that the moment the small business uh, website, when it once it became open and eligible to do, uh, it broke the system. And a lot of the banks that are participating weren't accepting the applications yet. 
Right. And and even though even though the uh, Mnuchin said Friday, everyone's going to be ready. Nobody was ready Friday. But I did get an email from Bank of America saying that they're ready. I don't know about Chase. I don't know about the other ones, but well, Chase wasn't ready. I think Chase was one of the ones that broke. Yeah, so I, I, well, you good. might want to dive in. I don't know how long you know, it'll take. Like how long <laughs> it'll take, and also, you know, it's like if you wait too long, are you did you wait too late and they're closed? I don't know how that works. I feel like um, right now the even applying for unemployment has been impossible because of the phone call. Like people still can't get into the system to do it. So I think that there'll be time and if waivers and we also have that chart that i found and we talked about on yesterday's episode i'm going to put that in on the website under take action yeah but it's the chart that has all three of the cares act programs so the paycheck protection program ppp the sba economic injury disaster loan eidl and then eidl emergency grants three different things you can apply for depending on what suits you the best and it's a really handy little chart. So I put that in yesterday's show notes, but I'm also going to put it on the website under uh, Take Action. Hey, Christian, I f- saw this really hilarious thing, and it, I think it's the first time I've smiled maybe in the past two days. I saw it on Adweek, but it's Bear, the paint company. Mm-hmm. Bear. Yeah. Right? So have you been doing Zoom with your friends? I have, have not. Been? Okay. So on Zoom, there's a little hidden feature. I guess it's not hidden, but it's a little hard to find, where you can change your background like you key yourself onto another background right fun so get this bear and here this is you know since you and i both work in advertising we're watching carefully what brands are doing and how they're responding to all this Mm -hmm. because they're going to be remembered this is a little tongue-in-cheek and funny but bear has made bear your background and it's a a (laughs) it's a google drive right with a library of styled (gasps) homes that anyone can Shut download for free F and use up. on your next video call. So I should we so, should be doing that now. I know. Well, <laughs> unfortunately, this thing doesn't oh, okay, doesn't okay. give us the the, the the ability to do that. But yeah, next time you do a Zoom call, you can download these images from the Google Drive, put it as your background. You've got this lovely, like expensive, fancy looking living room that you're sitting in front of, or a kitchen, or you know, it's it's hilarious. But then I also saw, I'm going to put that in the show notes, but then I also saw a, a, a website called The Infatuation. They made a bunch of food-inspired backgrounds <gasps> that you can put. My favorite being the massive pepperoni pizza oh, background. And I'm looking at it right now, guys. It's the the classic um, <laughs> pepperoni cups um, that yeah. you get from uh, Lombardi's on spring. That, that, yeah. that are full of grease. <laughs> Each one carries a little <laughs> teaspoon of grease inside. Mm, delicious. <laughs> Well, Lawrence, um, I found an article um, in the Daily News that just gives a brief run, you know, of what New York City's um, film and television industry grinds to a halt. You know, workers are worried. And I know um, we're all concerned. There was a few statistics in there that I, I thought was interesting. So. Overall, New York City's film and television sector employed around 77,000 people in 2017, which is about a 37% increase since 2008. So you can see that the recovery, right. And so what I thought was interesting about that was the recovery period um, has just grown and grown because the work did really stop after 2008, but also 2008 to 2009, if basically all my jobs within a three-year period, let's say 2008 to 2011, Uh went from film to digital. I mean, that was that big change yeah. there. The budgets, there was a real first time that you started to see what could be done for less than, you know, mm-hmm. less than what you were normally making, right? So yeah. um, the the think that it's increased by 37% is huge. I mean, yeah. huge. Another statistic, the industry paid about $9.2 billion worth of wages in 2017 and wow. the average annual salary being around 120000 wow. So, yeah. And I think, you know, at, at 120000 it's not a lot of money in New York City. It's a, mm-hmm. uh, anything over 100000 because I know that the, I know that the um, average income in New York, I think, is less than 40000 a year. Really? So, uh-huh. So 120 wow. is, you know, it's it's a pretty decent wage. So I just, I thought that we're taking a big hit here. The last statistic is that the mayor's office issues more than 10,000 permits a year. 
Wow. Which is a shitload. Wow. And it's 300 bucks a pop. Just so you know, it's completely different. Yeah. I know we went through this on a on a before yeah. CV episode where <laughs> yeah. um, it's 300 bucks. You can film anywhere and you have to do it if you're holding parking or putting uh, setting down something more than a tripod. If you're yeah. doing lighting and stuff. So we always knew that uh, our communities were impacted, but these put some real hard numbers to what the yeah. impact is. I just did some quick math. 10,000 film permits a year is almost 200 a week. Yeah. So there's a hundred. Mm-hmm. And that's between television, movies and commercials. Um, you yeah. don't need to do it if you're print, um, but you do if you're yeah. student film again under the guidelines of uh, holding parking Tri- or. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Tripods. Yeah. 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 Wow. It, it was a great article. So uh, and so basically all that's come to a stop. A complete and total standstill. So it'll come back. Does your mayor have any or governor have any attention to the film industry in your state? Because I know California is, you know, they're, they're always like, we're the filming, you know. Capital of the entire capital. world and there's nowhere know, better. <laughs> which is, which is. <laughs> Hollywood. <laughs> right. Which is, which is so unfair because you guys have so much production, obviously, as well. So it, do they um, acknowledge that? They do. I think that, uh, you know, everybody's hurting right now. And I think that uh, IATSE and then I think they had um, Tommy O'Donnell, the president of the 817, the Teamsters, they interviewed him. It it all falls under the, you know, everybody understanding that the gig community and the 1099 workers and the, you know, all that film stuff is uh, just as important as what the traditional workers are. Yeah. Hey, we should mention that next Thursday, I think at 10 a.m. Pacific, Mm -hmm. there is going to be a Zoom conference to explain people in the entertainment industry how to file for unemployment. So I've signed up for it. Uh, It says specifically for those who work in the entertainment industry, Ken Gomez of the EDD will be holding the webinar in partnership with the L.A. County Federation of Labor, AFL-CIO, Labor Community Services, the California IOTSE Locals, Directors Guild of America, Labor Local 724, SAG-AFTRA, and Teamster 399. They're putting together this webinar of how we need to file for unemployment. So I'm going to put a link to that in the show notes as well today. We have a link to New York Cares where you can go and figure out how to volunteer for New York City. So, um, yeah, Uh, we have that link in our notes, too. Okay, Christian, today... We don't have a voice memo, but we have an email from your sister, right? Yeah, this one kind of caught me off guard this morning because, again, uh, I know it's a reoccurring theme with me, but I just assume that you and I are talking on the phone right now. So, yeah, yeah, it um, feels like it. It feels like it. So, yeah, I woke up to a note from Elizabeth Kendrick. She's my sister in Nashville. Here we go. Hey, so I'm up at 3 a.m. and I'm listening to the last podcast you did. Which, believe me, when I read it, I was like, oh, you're listening? Okay. So anyway, (laughs) I know. It was so sweet. So, hey, I'm up at 3 a.m. and I'm listening to the podcast that you did. It brought tears to my eyes because I'm considered an essential worker. But at the same time, I also work at home. She basically does insurance billings, patient management, Mm, appointments, that kind of stuff. Right. So when Emily was like, create a regiment to work at home and make sure you put your computer away when the work time is done. Then get out and do something else. It kind of hit home for me because I tend to keep my computer open and work until all hours instead of putting it away so that my job ends for the day. Mm, Yes. And I just, I mean, I know that I do that. I know that um, we as a film community usually do that. There's very, I mean, yeah. I, I know yeah. that there are some disciplined people out there who can put the work away when at a structured time like Emily, but I, I'm not that person. We're not those people. I know. Yeah. And I think it's the most healthiest thing you can do. And so when I think of my sister every day without the proper PPE going into work and dealing with the public yeah. and how like, Uh, you know, just how she comes home and then, you know, she goes to work during the day and then she comes home and she manages the insurance, like the rest of it. Yeah. She does both. So the only way that the patients will know that they should, that there's a boundary set or a set amount of hours is if you tell them. Right. 
And I feel the same way sometimes about our jobs. The only reason that the agency producer would know that you're not available after 10 p.m. is if you say it's <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> Otherwise, exactly. they may expect it. Right. Mm-hmm. So I do think that the stories help us. What yeah. Emily on yesterday turned, yeah. told my sister, even though I may have been telling her for a year, or my mom tells her or whomever else tells her, the fact that Emily said it hit home yeah. for my sister and will yeah. hopefully change at least the way she thinks about how valuable her time is. The most valuable thing that I think that we can give somebody else is our time. Yes. Yeah. And so whether it be volunteering or whether it be, you know, your own special time that you need to recoup from the things that you're dealing with it with the day, that's your time and it's your time to give. Right. Right. So, yeah. And I've, I've been hearing a lot about people who normally have a nine to five job or, or whatever, 10 to seven job. But in an office that commute home is their time to turn everything yeah. off and come home. Right. doesn't necessarily work for us, but for a lot of the most of the majority of people in the country, it does. That's how it works. Right. But then people are working from home or just continue working and working and they don't have that line of demarcation because uh, this is working from home is new for a, a lot of people. So I'm glad uh, your sister was able to hear Emily suggest that ritual of closing up shop and getting back to your family or yourself or whatever. So that's <laughs> it's it's great because I can, I can re- just remember Emily saying um, <laughs> Emily saying and I even packed the cords away. I was like what? <laughs> wow. But then you and then she's <laughs> and then she cleaned she sprays it down and cleans it, disinfects it. And then it. it's gone. That it is no longer love an office. It. I know. So oh, love it. yeah. Um, thank you. Uh, thank you, Elizabeth, for sending that to us because yeah. it, it for sure made my day. So That's great. All right. Before we get to our interview, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to talk again about the Take Action page on our website, producershappyhour.com. Click the Take Action button. We've got a lot of links there. We keep putting more and more on. We still have the No Rent New York petition yeah. to sign. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. And I did some looking into L.A. and did find that the L.A. Food Bank needs volunteers. So we've included that link, as I said I would do yesterday. So uh, there's just one place that is in great need in L.A. right now. And also, too, we still have the Live Events Coalition petition up. Still needs to be signed. So get on that if you haven't done it already. Yes. Like I said, I'm going to put that chart Oh, yes. Of the different types of uh, funding that you get from the CARES Act if you are a small business. So that's in there. All right, let's get on to our interview. Uh, We're going to chat today with Liz Catullo, who is a producer with a decade of post-production VFX, motion graphics, and marketing experience. She's currently the head of production at Roger in L.A., which is a soup-to-nuts design, production, and animation studio. Liz is also an advocate for elder issues with a focus on the importance of social activities to improve quality of life for senior citizens. She runs a charity organization called Lipstick Connection, which she started in 2014, almost exactly six years ago. The mission of Lipstick Connection is to create intergenerational social activities for senior citizens to ensure they remain connected to society during their golden years. Reduce the feelings of isolation that often accompany the natural process of aging and to share with others the special symbiotic relationship between the young and the old. Let's take a listen. Um, Welcome to the show, Liz. Uh, Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for putting this podcast together and covering how this pandemic is affecting our industry. It's, It's been really enlightening to listen to all the stories you're sharing and different perspectives. Well, thank you. Thank um, you. It's helping us for sure. And we're just, ho- we hope that <laughs> whoever, we're, we're hoping we're not just talking into the ether. We would still do it if we were, but we're hoping it helps. Yeah, so yeah. thank you for that. So Liz, we'd like to check in with you first. How are you doing? How's your family doing? I'm doing okay. I luckily have um, been able to continue work. Great. Um, our studio is um, definitely feeling a slowdown, but we do live action production as well as design and animation. So mm-hmm. all of our active projects that were in post are still keeping us afloat. Who knows what will happen in the next couple of months? I think it's making everyone all over LA and the world and the nation um, 
anxious, but I'm keeping busy and just trying to also be gentle with myself because I think we're as producers wired to be productive and efficient and we need to, I specifically need to kind of change my mindset around that right now. So yeah, overall I'm doing okay. My heart is going out to everybody affected, but hopefully we can all make a positive impact together. Yes. We're all feeling that, that same sentiment. Can you give us a little bit of background about yourself and your career path up until uh, this all happened? Yeah, I'm a producer. I've been working in motion graphics, post-production, visual effects, commercials, branding, uh, promos, trailers, general marketing um, for a decade. I'm currently the head of production at Roger in LA. I manage our production team and um, the day-to-day operations of the business. Um, And then in my free time, I also run a charity organization. It's geared towards helping senior citizens. Um, That's something that I'm equally passionate about. Yeah. I love my career, but volunteering has always been a really big part of my life. And I try to focus any extra energy on that. The fact that you have extra energy after the jobs that we have (laughs) is um, the most amazing thing that I've ever heard because um, I feel like so many of us bring our work home with us. We get up in the morning thinking Mm. about work. It's never ending, especially since we're available 24 hours a day via email, text, you know, whatever, unless we choose to shut it off. What I'd love to hear is more about how you take the skills from your work life and apply it to your charity work, because I do think that the crossover is huge. And I also think that Mm -hmm. I'm assuming keeps you very organized, but also, you know, just a lot of crossover happens. Absolutely. My skills as a producer have lent um, themselves really well to event production, I guess, Mm -hmm. um, in terms of volunteering. I do want to say you made a good point as a producer. I don't get to turn that off. So I have had to become a really great multitasker. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. My job is definitely 24-7. There's a lot of unanticipated problems to solve. I feel like I have some innate qualities Being someone who's very detail-oriented and likes to control outcomes is great as a producer because it's given me foresight and the ability to play out all the multiple scenarios um, that could happen and plan for them and decide how to prioritize planning resources or energy for each outcome. I think that's something that that crosses over really well when you're planning events. Also, um, learning how to manage people and talk to people yeah. and get what you need out of people. Yeah, um, absolutely. And figuring out what motivates different people because we're all different and we all require to be managed differently and to be mm-hmm. communicated to differently. And, and to be honest, motivated. Yes. I mean, what motivates us is different. Every person has a different motivation. So figuring out what that is for somebody else is a a skill in and of itself. You know, you can provide the same information to three different people. And if you give it to them in the same way, you might not get the results you want. Bingo. (laughs) I know Um, know that from personal experience, because I don't, I may require it to be said differently to me a couple of times. (laughs) Right. For me to understand what you need. Exactly. So that's come in handy. So in terms of the social aspect of galvanizing people behind a cause, I do that every single day on every project, on every <laughs> long-term goal that the company has. And I, I found that most people are really good-hearted and want to have a positive impact and like to help other people. They just need a, a platform to do that. So if I organize everything, going back to right. the organizational skills, and make it really easy for people. So they just have mm-hmm. to show up. Right. Um, you also said we don't have a lot of time. No one has time. No one has time. Um, yeah. So the easier you make it for them, yes. less friction involved for them to just to say yes and show up, then you get more responses out of it. Exactly. And for me, putting an event together is easy because mm-hmm. it's 
I can do it in on my own time. I send some emails. I talk to people how they need to be talked to and organizing a group of 20 to 50 people is a lot easier than organizing a project with complex pipelines. Mm -hmm. I want to ask you more specifically about the Lipstick Connection. Can you tell us what you do for them? What is that organization about? We can get into, you know, what's happened since the pandemic uh, took hold as well. But I just want to know a little bit more about what specifically the organization does. The basic model of the Lipstick Connection is um, I host events that are intergenerational. So it's a lot of young professionals, sometimes them and their kids, sometimes Mm -hmm. them and their kids and their mother. And we meet and provide a social event for senior citizens. We go to Mm. nursing homes, senior centers, senior housing facilities, and we just provide an uplifting activity, get to know each other. It's a really simple concept. In um, recent years, I've tried to evolve our activities a little bit. It started as very beauty centric. Lipstick is um, Mm. this symbol of femininity and something that the age group that I'm working with um, resonates with. Yes. This specific product. You don't feel present without a red lip. Without right. your lip right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was that's my- amazing. <laughs> yeah, it, it was something <laughs> gave me goosebumps because I just remember like going to church <laughs> as a kid or being made to go to church as a kid, and like nobody would get out of the car without lipstick on. Yes, exactly. My li- my yeah. grandmother would not go down to the mailbox without her lipstick. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> yeah. No. It's a cultural thing. It was pretty universal, right. and for mm-hmm. me, it yeah. was an easy icebreaker as well as an simple way to ask people to donate. I don't like having to ask for money. And so I tried to think of a way to put this all together without needing money um, or without needing a lot of money. So if I ask for a tube of lipstick, it's a one-to-one. You give me a tube of lipstick and I give it to someone. Right. It's a a minor cost to you and Mm -hmm. it literally changes someone's day. It's a really fun activity and to talk about their favorite brands, the colors they like. It's just, again, it's like an icebreaker. So we started with that and then moved into painting nails. And then I have some (laughs) hairstylist friends. And so (laughs) we've kind of blown this out to be a bigger event. And then recently I posted concerts. I was actually in the process of, trying to create an ongoing field trip where we take Mm -hmm. seniors to um, a different art museum, hopefully monthly. Right. Um, Mm. We were about to have our very first event and the pandemic hit. Um, Mm. So everything is on hold in terms of um, in-person events right now. Well, okay. So my immediate thought when you said that was, um, why don't we reach out to our community now and see if we can find some galleries who will do a walkthrough for you, like a zoom walkthrough with a senior group, right? Is that what you're, I mean, that's a great idea. I think, you know, in everyone's lives, we're looking at ways of adapting the -hmm. way we were doing things to what works now. How do we do these things without being in person. My entire volunteer philosophy centers around one-on-one activities. That's what Mm. I feel is the most important thing is holding someone's hand, looking at their smile, being with someone and feeling the energy has a lasting impact. So we're looking at ways of adapting right now. I have some ideas. Good. 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 Do you want to share those ideas with us? I'd love to. I would say if you want to help elderly people, Mm -hmm. senior citizens right now, the best thing you can do is stay the F home. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Stay the fuck home, people. Stay Stay home. And I will give you another hard truth. The other thing is a lot of people who are 60, 65, 69, 72, do not view themselves as those old people who are getting sick. And 
although we are a proud nation mm-hmm. and we are all strong in our own ways, I think we need to be very smart. So yes, we're bored at home. Yes, we miss our grandchildren and our and our children and our families and our grandparents and our great aunts, but we need to social distance. We have to. Yeah. It's a matter of life or, or death. Yeah. And so I think that's another thing for everyone to keep in mind. It's unpleasant, but it's not as bad as exposing yourself to the risk of getting this virus. Right. Yeah. And, and it's temporary. I mean, I know that temporary may last a longer than what we were anticipating, but in the end there is, we will be able to get together. There is an end. There will be an end at some point. Yes. The other thing to keep in mind is we all need to get our groceries and our supplies and our medication. And if we're suggesting that seniors stay home, they still need to get those supplies and going out to public spaces is exposing them to unnecessary risk. So another thing we can do for our family members, for our neighbors, for a random older person that we see Mm -hmm. in our neighborhood down the block is to offer to do this service for them. I can pick up your groceries. I have to go Mm -hmm. for myself anyways. And a lot of um, seniors may not have access to the the technology that we have for these right. apps. And they might not have any family. A lot of people who don't have children and yeah. their friends are all older, don't yeah. have a support system. So right. I think there's no harm in offering to someone to help them. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Absolutely. grocery delivery service um, is, a, is a big one. And I'm actually working with one of my senior care contacts I'm working with her to help do some shopping for some of her residents. It's a senior housing facility, so they don't Mm -hmm. have skilled care or caregivers on site. They're like senior apartments. Right. Um, And it's like like, uh, going to Boca Raton (laughs) in Florida. Yeah, it's just a senior community Uh, in L.A. I'm sure it's an apartment building, right? Yes. Yeah. The one that I'm talking about is specifically in West Hollywood. And I work with them on events regularly. Mm -hmm. I have an amazing recreation director. She's the sweetest person, always looking out for everybody. Mm. So I told her to let me know whatever they need. And that's the biggest thing that they need is someone to go out and get their shopping. To run errands for them. Exactly. To run errands, yeah. I mean, even in my building here, um, my neighbor across the hall She's in that age range and she smokes. So every, you know, I've been out twice. (laughs) Both times I've asked, you know, hey, can I grab something for you? And, you know, that kind of thing. I think it's um, I think it's an easy enough thing to do, especially if you're doing it already for yourself. Yeah, exactly. This is a really refreshing conversation because, you know, you know, this is obviously we're talking about film production and advertising and you know, woe is me, I'm out of work for a few months. This is so much more important, you know, right now is to to help people in need. Look around you. If you have the means, if you have the ability, if this is something you can do to kind of get your mind off of, mm-hmm. you know, when your next job is going to show up and maybe help somebody. Exactly. You know, and that's a good, way, good place to put your energy into. And I think a lot of us are struggling. Well, I know all of us are struggling with anxiety and fear. Yeah. And there is nothing you can do that is better for yourself than helping someone else because it makes your heart feel good. It makes them feel good. And we need a little bit more of that right now. Absolutely. Exactly. It's um, easy enough to get in yourself, like Lawrence was saying, and feeling like you're a little bit of hopelessness. And it was me. Right. So if you take that feeling and you, as much as you want to alleviate that feeling for yourself, you can actually help somebody else with that feeling by getting their groceries for them, exactly. their sense of helplessness, because you're helping them. So um, if you could just apply that feeling that you have, um, how you can help somebody else relieve that feeling, this is it. And I think we all need a little bit of cheer. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> a little bit of cheer. Exactly. Yeah. And, a smidge. I think doing these basic services are really important. But we can even take it another step further and 
send a little bouquet of flowers to your neighbor, to your, you know, if you do live near your, right. your older family members, it's springtime. There's flowers blooming everywhere outside. <laughs> Make a little bouquet. Florists are closed. DIY it. Make your own little bouquet. Exactly. Make a little bouquet. <laughs> yeah. Nothing makes us feel better than a little lipstick and a and some flowers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, when you said West Hollywood, I would I imagine what the first thing that popped in my head was like, oh yes, <laughs> I can definitely see some, <laughs> you know, old Hollywood types there with the lipstick and the nails and the uh -huh. uh, jewelry and the, you know, it's Absolutely. it's I'm sure it's a scene in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> And so you're working on some virtual uh, activities for your group right now, right? Do you mostly work at senior centers where it's residential, where people are living there? Over the last six years, I've done events at a variety of different kinds of places. Um, okay. I've done them in L.A. I've done them in um, Pittsburgh, where I'm from. I, mm. I hosted um, several events at my grandmother's nursing home mm -hmm. uh, before she passed away. I have a friend in Vancouver. I actually traveled up there to do a Lipstick Connection event with her. And that was really wow. fun. So I would say the the places that are most in need are yeah. nursing homes, mm -hmm. okay. rehab yeah. centers, uh, yep. skilled nursing places where they get basic care. And I know those places do the best they can, but they really need right. volunteers and they need young people and they need some yeah. life and some cheer added something new to break up the routine um some any bit of entertainment because again they can't leave to go get it everything is brought in at those types of facilities yes and originally my my mission was to directly impact the lives of people with memory impairment mm -hmm. um, i'll give you a really brief history but i've been volunteering since i was in high school and I worked during college in the dementia unit at a nursing right. home oh, wow. doing activities. And it was one of the most, it, it was definitely the most rewarding job I've ever had. It was so fun. I still think about those residents. I think both parties gained a lot from the experience. So I really, I know how easy it can be to affect someone's life in that kind of situation where simply holding someone's hand will change their day. Yes. Mm. So I try to work with um, people with Alzheimer's and dementia and right. the people who really need it most. Yeah. Now, if somebody wanted to volunteer to help run errands or pick up groceries for somebody, is there a singular place that people can go to to offer or do they need to look into their neighborhood and find some senior citizen centers or nursing homes? that they can reach out to? The first place to start is in your local community, in your neighborhood. Look around you, see who, who, who might need some assistance and, and reach out to them. The other option is finding a senior center near you that deals with local seniors and, and manages activities or basic services. And bringing up the, the idea of the nursing homes and the assisted living facilities. I don't know that those residents necessarily need services like groceries. Mm, for them. Right. However, right. those places right now are in desperate need of help. I don't know exactly what they need, but there are healthcare workers in those nursing homes who could probably have lunch ordered for them or, you know, Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, yeah. You we're doing that. Yeah, we're doing that for hospitals already. I think that yeah. if we could extend that to um, sending over something as, you know, like we do cater, we, we know all about catering and production, yeah. right? Yeah. So call somewhere and you get the catering package for, you know, 20 people sent over to a nursing home. I mean, that would brighten everyone's day, the, the staff. Yes. And which only get, keeps them going for the, the patients. Exactly. And those caregivers are under a lot of duress as well. Mm, right. And we don't necessarily think of them initially when we think of healthcare workers, but those people have very difficult jobs and they're dealing with some of our most vulnerable citizens. Yeah. It's interesting since we started doing this at the beginning of the pandemic, you know, we've we've been talking about how our skills as producers and production people in general 
you know, it, it's difficult to think, well, what would I do if, if I never get a job in film production again? I don't know what to do. I can't work <laughs> in an office job. But our skills actually are so adaptable yes. to so many different types of things. And you just have to kind of get out of your rut. And maybe this is an opportunity for some people to really fall in love with volunteering or charity work or, you know, and maybe it's not at senior center that they, they end up volunteering at, but just understanding that our skills, we are adaptable people. Yeah. We know how to organize. We know how to execute. And we know how to talk to people. If you need to get out of your house and you need to do something, I don't mean get out of your house. I mean, if you need to get stay active <laughs> and you need to to distract yourself from the anxiety that we're facing on a daily basis, mm -hmm. this is a really great opportunity. So thank you for sharing uh, all of that. That's that's It's really impressive. And I'm glad to talk to somebody in the film industry about something other than how, <laughs> how terrible our industry is right now. I know. Um, it's it's a refreshing to find yeah. that um, all the spare time that we um, don't think that we have, um, we actually do have if you plan for it. And how many good things we can be doing with it as well. And it can be simple. I think if we each right. exactly. That, exactly. that one hour, that three hours exactly. that we have, yep. it makes a big difference. It doesn't have to be a big thing. Yes. You can just take a little bite off the apple. And then if you feel like you have more time to give and you you got something out of it and you feel that you gave something to somebody, then maybe you dive in a little bit more. But exactly. If you have one hour to donate of your time because you don't have paying work right now, that right. makes a difference. If you have work and you can donate to a service like Meals on Wheels or send food to a nursing home for the caregivers or put together hygiene kits for seniors at a senior center. It all mm. adds up and no one has to do all of it. I think we can each find something that works for our personal situation and the things we care about. No, I think yeah. that I think that's a very good point, like tailoring um, what you can do towards a situation instead of right. being overwhelmed that you can't do the biggest thing. So you do nothing at all. Exactly. Yeah. And I do think that as um, you know, as we're entering uh, week three or leaving week three, I don't even know. <laughs> as we're leaving we're week three, <laughs> as we're leaving the first year, I can say <laughs> of March, now we're into April. Um, yeah. I do think that we're becoming smaller within our community anyway. Right. We're becoming closer with our community, even though we're not with them, we're, we're becoming smaller. And so figuring out what you can do on your level is enough. It's, it is. it's actually more it's than enough. enough. And so, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, this gives me hope because um, it's just something that we can all do and it won't take a large effort to do it. And right. I would add to that, that social distancing does not mean social isolation. There yes, are ways exactly. we can reach out to people and help each other. That's great. That's beautiful. So, um, wow. Well, thank you so much, Liz, for spending time with us today. We really appreciate it. Uh, I definitely wanted to have you on because of, you know, you're connected to the post-production world, but also to you know, you're doing so much on the side to help people. I think the blending of the two worlds is very um, important to show. So thank you. We really appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much. And I sent you my info. If anyone wants to reach out and has questions or wants mm -hmm. to brainstorm ideas, I'm here. I'm, I'm available. Great. <laughs> <Right. laughs> we'll, po we'll post All the right. info. If that is an open invitation, then everyone, please be hitting Liz up right away. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Liz, thank you so much for your time. Uh, really appreciate hearing yeah. your story and everything you're doing. Thank you, guys. I'll see you later. Thanks. Okay, bye. All right. Thank you. Wow. I mean, wow. that uh, was pretty impactful. That was, that was really nice to hear, you know, somebody, as I said, somebody in our business who is stepping outside, doing something for other people, because, uh, you know, this business can be a little um, self-involved. <laughs> <laughs> what? Film production people, production people can be a little self-involved. Sometimes. Everything revolves around the job. It does. But, uh, to hear somebody step outside of that and be so giving with their time and they're and touching so many lives that need a little bit of something, yeah, a little bit of happiness. It's very sweet. It is a very uh, symbiotic relationship, right? Um, when you're helping yeah. somebody else, you're actually helping yourself as well. You feel better about yourself. You feel accomplished. Right. 
I, I think that is a benefit from being able to help others is how you how it makes you feel. Yeah. And like she said, we all need a little bit of cheer. <laughs> I know. Just a, <laughs> again, a skosh. Skosh. Uh, just a skosh. <laughs> so you can either look into, we're going to put her, uh, Liz's information in our show notes so you can reach out to her if you want to collaborate on anything. You can also look into your neighborhood and find a senior center and see what kind of help they might need. You know, like I found that I've got so much fabric here and what I'm doing with the fabric is making masks. But say you are a prop master, maybe you can put together activity kits. Yeah, for seniors. Totally. I or, mean, san- or sanitary kits. That, or, that's what she was saying. Sanitary yeah, like, kits. That's really cool. Exactly. So good. Jump onto Amazon and order. So if the, the assisted living center needs uh, everybody to have toothpaste, then just do it. It could be as simple as figuring out a need for a particular um, senior center and then figuring out how to fill the need. Yeah, exactly. All right, so that's it for today. But Monday, Christian, we are talking with uh, Andy Wilcox, who yes, is, I've been waiting for this. Yeah, he has a, a freelance executive producer mm-hmm. on the agency side of things. Right. So he's, he has a freelance agency production department, and we're going to chat with him. He's based in New York, and we're going to get hit to hear his perspective because he's on the front lines of obviously commercial work, talking to agencies and clients and seeing what their needs are and seeing who's trying to get something made. So we're going to get a little bit of a frontline report from Andy Wilcox on Monday. So everybody tune on, tune in on Monday. Yes, it should be a very interesting interview. Yeah, I'm excited. All right, everybody, stay safe, stay connected, stay active. But please stay home. Stay home and wash your hands while you're at home. Don't touch your face because you know who you are. And if you do (laughs) have to leave the house, you should be wearing a mask to protect others. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. Please send us your voice recordings or tell us your story by email. Send it to producershappyhour at gmail.com. Christian, how do people get a hold of you directly? SisterChristianProduces.com, which needs to be updated. So I realized, um, <laughs> Lawrence, how can people get a hold of you? LawrenceTLewis.com or for voiceover work, VoiceOfLawrence.com. All right, y'all. You have right. a good Sunday. Spend it however you'd like. And yes. um, we'll see you on Monday. All right. Bye. Bye.